mistakes But looks to me like weaknesses I can't be for your strength My story isn't over My story's just begun Well, you won't define me Cause that's what my father does Well, you won't define me Cause that's what my father does
Good morning, welcome. My name is McLean Murphy and I am on the staff in the session here at First Pres. And we are so excited that you're here on this Sunday morning. We are starting a new sermon series today called Built. And if you have been around First Pres for the past two or so years, there's been a lot of conversations about buildings and properties. And so we thought this was a pretty fitting move for us to do. But I think about this building that we're in right now. Maybe you came into this place because you were looking for a safe place this morning. Maybe you came into this building looking for community. Maybe you came into this building with questions. All those things can happen in this space. But the Bible tells us that the church is much more than just a building. The church are the people of Jesus, the people sitting around you. These people sitting around you are the safe place. They are the community. They are the ones who you can bring your questions to. And together we walk towards the cross, towards Jesus, and worship. That is what we get to do together on Sunday mornings here in the room and for those of you joining us online. If you are new, we would invite you to fill out a connect card so that we can do just that. We can connect with you. They are found in the pews. You can scan the QR code. You can go to our website. We would love to be able to get to know you and to serve you in that way. Would you please pray with me this morning? God, thank you that you have invited us into this place, this safe space, where we get to come exactly as we are, whether we came in this room full of joy and excitement and anticipation or whether we came in this room a little heavy this morning, God, we can come to you and we can come to each other just as we are. Lord, we have people on our hearts and our minds this week and we bring them before you, the family. Lord, we celebrate alongside Elizabeth and Trevor Alley on the birth of their baby girl Lillian this week. God, we celebrate with our leaders, Fitz and Kathy, as they are away this week for rest and vacation, and we pray that you would fill them up. We thank you, God, for the ways that they lead us. Lord, we pray for Maria Sanchez and her son, Jordan Hacker, both having had surgery and both recovering. Lord, we pray for Angie Boyer and her family. God, would you surround them as Angie's mom is in hospice and in her last days? Lord, we pray for your tender care over their family. God, we pray uh, for Scott Dollar, who was in the hospital this week, and we thank you that he is at home and recovering, and we just pray for Scott and Carol, um, Lord, for your care over their family. We continue to pray for Jamie Atkinson, God, um, as he makes his way and his journey through all of um, his medical situations, Lord, that you would just draw near to Jamie and Julie and their kids. And Lord, we also pray over Jackie Faircloth, as we always do, God, right now, in this moment, would you whisper to Jackie's heart? Would you help her to know that you're near? Would you help her to rely on you, God? And would you strengthen her family? Jesus, we pray over this morning that in this next hour, you would build our lives in such a way, God, that would honor you and that would bring others along on this journey of faith. God, we give you this morning, and we thank you that we get to give you all the glory and praise. Amen. 
If you would, I would invite you to stand and say hello to the people around you and greet them in the room. Y'all can have a seat. Thank you. We have a couple of events coming up that we just wanted to let you know. The first is on October the 7th, we are having a women's dinner event. We're calling it REAL, R-E-A-L, Relationships, Encouragement, Authenticity, and Laughter. We want to create an environment on October 7th where women can come together in community. Whether you know women in this church or you don't, this is the night for you because we want to create this place where we can get to know each other better. It's going to be at Palmasia Country Club from 6.30 to 9.30. You can register on our website. And we are also going to be having nationally recognized speaker and author Allie Worthington is going to be our guest. She is cute and fun and you won't want to miss it. So sign up and join us. And then we also wanted to let you know if you are a high schooler or you know a high schooler, we want to invite them to Chicken and Bible this summer. It's on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. at PDQ and we would love for those teenagers to be there. I don't know about y'all, but I have really been into watching the Olympics this week. It has just been this fun thing. You turn on the TV, maybe it's BMX racing, I don't know, a little table tennis, something. The other night on Friday, Matt and I, my husband Matt and I were watching swimming. It was the 100 meter butterfly. So that's down and back, super fast butterfly stroke. I don't think I could do a single butterfly stroke. And Caleb Dressel from the United States got the gold medal for the United States. But wait, that's not all. He got the world record. Can you imagine coming up out of the water and not only realizing that you had gotten your team gold, not only that you were the best in the world in that moment, but you are the best of all time, ever, world record. But do you want to know what Caleb Dressel did when he came out of the water? He didn't whoop and holler. He didn't beat his chest and say, look at me. All of those things would have been warranted, of course. Instead, he swam to the lane next to him, grabbed the fist of the Hungarian swimmer, and held it up in victory with him. Because the Hungarian swimmer had just gotten the silver medal, and he had gotten a personal record. I was amazed in that moment. That, he didn't plan that. That was just the natural response of his heart. What a generous response of his heart. And so every week we have this moment in worship where we talk about the generous response that our hearts get to have towards a God who loves us and gives us everything. And so thank you for your generosity and thank you for your ways of continuing that with these five ways that you can give to our church to continue to impact our community. Thank you. Thank you. Please stand with me. 
song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock.
first time I've seen that. That's cool. I like that. I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. Now it's your turn. I will build my life upon your love, for it is a firm foundation. I just felt like it needed to be said. I didn't like write that down. I was just like, we should do this again. Thank you to the band. You guys were amazing. Uh, I love worshiping with you. Um, for those who don't know me, my name is Bryce, and I get the honor of being one of the pastors here. I lead our student ministry, uh, so I work with kids in kind of 6th to 12th grades. And um, as we're kind of settling in, I just want to take just a moment and say thank you to so many of you who were ridiculously generous this year. We got an opportunity to go to camp this summer, and uh, we, we took a group, and you guys, amazing things happened in the lives of our, our young friends. And many of you gave financially, many of you prayed with us, many of you cared, sent great messages to us. And I just want to say thank you. Um, I'm hopeful that very soon I'll be showing you video and maybe some of you will be with us as I believe we're about to baptize seven students um, as we've come home from camp and they're really excited they're eager if any of you have a pool you want us to dunk people in let me know because we're ready to do it and they're ready to have that happen so thank you so much for the way that you've cared for us thank you for the way that you you made sure that camp happened this summer as you might know um, you know there were no camps a year ago no one went to camp Nobody had those kinds of experiences, and we weren't sure we were going to get it this year. And frankly, if it was this week, who knows if we'd get to go, right? Um, but we got to go, and it was outstanding, and it was because of you. So thank you so much. I'm honored to be with you here in person, and hey to all of our friends online. Welcome to the family party. We're excited to have you in our weekly reunion where we get to look at the biography of Jesus and figure out more and more of what it's like to be like him. And as we spend some time together online or here in person, um, I need you to know, I know that McLean um, had already mentioned, but our incredible leadership, Fitz and Kathy Connor, are resting. Can we get an amen for how badly they needed a break, right? We all have asked of them. We all have pulled on them. We all have texted them, called them, needed them, and they say yes every time. And they needed a minute. And they're getting one this week. And I guarantee they're online right now. So, hey, guys, I meant what I said. <laughs> um, so, um, they're in North Carolina, and they are, they are resting. And I hope that as you move through your week, whatever may come, that you would um, just remember them, that you would pray for them, that you would encourage them with your prayers, um, because they need it. Um, the next season of Built, this thing we're about to talk about, is not any easier than the last seasons have been. And so, um, they, they needed a minute. And so, we're grateful that they get that. I actually just got home from my first family vacation in 10 years last Saturday. Our family doesn't really do vacations. We were broke for a really long time, and so that wasn't really a thing. And we kept moving in the summertime, and I generally take kids to camp in the summertime. And so vacations don't really happen in our house very often. But um, a family in our church just literally handed us the keys to their cabin in North Carolina and said, go now. And so we did. And it was outstanding. And if you've been journeying with our family at all in 2021, you know how badly we needed a break. So we were grateful for ours as well. Um, but on the way home, I found myself driving through rural South Carolina. Not a place I spend a lot of time, but we were in like deep South stuff, y'all. Like we were 
in, I can't name some of the towns because I don't know, but we were in some really deep rural South Carolina, and I saw houses that looked like guys probably had too many beers on Friday night and woke up on Saturday and said, I need to build me something, right? And if you're, if, it's maybe more likely that they're like, I need to build me something by lunch, right? Like they have this kind of a, a thing happening where they're going, I'm pretty sure that when they started, they, they didn't think things through terribly well because, you know, like the shingles don't match and the, the roof line is not consistent at all. And you've got a door that opens one way and a window that opens the other. And, you know, the wall looks like it used to be a fence maybe. And, you know, the, the stairs up to the house was probably like a little tyke's slide, you know, like that kind of thing. They're, these are the kind of houses that have like uh, sofas on the roof and pools on the porch. Like these are the people that, that we were driving past. And you know what? As I was driving past them and I was chuckling to myself, I was going, oh my word, can we see this? I mean, these houses were like a little bit shed, a little bit swap meat, a little bit the wall of Applebee's, you know, like there's just stuff stuck everywhere. And I was like, you know what, these people don't care what I think at all. They don't. I think it's hilarious, by the way, but they don't care. Most of them, if we're honest, these houses that we were driving by, they were just kind of built without a plan. See, they... They were built in the set of circumstances where the owner maybe had a need or had a great idea and they used what they had to build what they could and now they're living in it. And when I put it in those terms, it started to make a lot more sense to me. Because I feel like there's little corners of our lives, there's little things that we do where we go, I did the best I could with the information I had at the time. We say that. Or I'm just doing my best. Right? This is, I used what I had to do what I could, and now I'm living in it. We're all there in some area of our lives. Because if we are honest and we start to describe those, those pieces when we put them together, no matter what it actually looks like, we're living in it. You know, there, there are things that have come up that we had to react to. There were challenges and unexpected things that you just go, oh, I have this, and I'm putting this Band-Aid on that, and I'm putting my finger in this dike over here, and I'm, I'm starting to do the splits because my kids need to be so many places, and my life is starting to look like it's falling down to the left. But when we're honest, that's really the truth, right? We, we, we get to a place where our house looks like it was built. Our life looks like it was built without a plan. See, when we're left to our own plans or lack thereof to build our lives, we end up with these kind of houses because we as human beings are reactionary and we end up living, whether we like it or not, at the whim of circumstance. Stuff changes and we react. But y'all, that's not how our God works. Our God is a planner. He wants our houses to look inviting and full of life. He wants all parts of our lives to work together just as they should. He wants the roof line to be consistent. He wants to jack up a part of your house or lift things to make it to where it works properly. See, God's called a lot of things in Scripture, but one of the most powerful to me is that he's called a builder. He's called a builder of worlds, a builder of homes, a builder of families, and a builder of lives. And as McLean earlier mentioned we are on a journey of built. We are in a building that was built a really, really long time ago. None of us had graced planet Earth when this room was built. Like, it's amazing 
to think about the things that happened in here once it was built. We are on this journey where today, however you're experiencing life, there's another step. There's something else coming. And we've seen as a church that where we are now is not necessarily where we're going. We have the opportunity, the joy. One of the things that fires me up about being on this team is very soon we are going to see literally rise out of the ground something beautiful being built. And our God tells us that he is a builder. We're going to start in Hebrews 3 verses 4 through 6 and it says that For every house has a builder, but the one who built everything is our God. Moses was certainly faithful in God's house as a servant. His work was an illustration of the truths God would reveal later. But Christ, as the Son, is in charge of God's entire house, and we are God's house. If we keep our courage and remain confident in the hope of Christ. You see, God is a master builder, and Jesus is in charge of the house, but we're the house. So now we know that God is building something in us. He's made that very clear. He's the master builder. He's put his son in charge of us. You don't put the most valuable thing you have over something you don't care about. Right? You put the most valuable, the most important, the most powerful guard, caretaker, over that thing you value most. Maybe you came in today and you needed someone to tell you you're God's favorite. Maybe you needed someone to tell you that you matter the most. He just did it. He just said, I'm building something in you. I've put my most prized possession over you because you matter. Because the decisions that you make matter, because your future matters, because your family matters, because this church family matters. I'm going to build something. You see, we've been put together by a true craftsman. No accidents, just real intentional parts put together exactly the way God wanted them to be. And we're in the care of Jesus himself. See, many of us have probably memorized the next scripture that's going to come up on the wall. We probably know Jeremiah 29, 11, right? Many of us have it memorized, or some of you, like, I know some people in the room have it, like, tattooed on themselves, or you have it written on a mirror in your house, or you have it on a sticky note on your, your uh, steering wheel on your car. You need to be reminded of this, and this is the next step in this journey that Jesus is taking, on, taking us on. Firstly, he wants us to know that he's in charge, he's building things, and that the most important thing ever, Jesus, is caretaking for us. But then it says, this is what he says to us. You will be in Babylon for 70 years. That's a long time. But then I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised, and I will bring you home again. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And in those days, you will pray and I will listen. Do you see how many eyes there are and how few yous there are in being built properly? God says, you are going to be exiled. And we're going to get there in a minute, and that's not fun. But then it says, I will come And do the good things I have promised. And I will bring you home again. And I know the plans I have for you. 
they are the plans for good and not to prosper, to give you a hope and a future in those days, you will pray and I will listen. We are, we are going to be in places we don't like. And we are asked to pray. And he says he will listen and bring us home. Because he's the master craftsman. And we have the master builder that says, this guy, this woman, this person matters to me and I will bring them home. See, we just saw God tell his chosen people that they will be in exile. They're going to be displaced, uncomfortable, outcast, frustrated, limited, made to feel less than. And maybe that's how you came in here today. Maybe that's been your week, your day your year. Maybe you came today hoping that someone somewhere would have an answer for your exile, your Babylon. Maybe you came today as your last resort. You've said, my house continues to look like I don't have a plan. I think it's about to crumble. And somehow, either just at the right time, you decided you to come here, or someone called you and said, come with me. Maybe you said, you know what, I'm just scrolling through Facebook. I'm not even sure who these people are, but this message matters to me. This is my last moment, and I need someone to tell me I matter. Well, you do, because he does. See, you made the right choice. You're in the right place, whether that's in this room or on your couch. See, there's hope because God says right there that he knows the plan, which means there is one. If God knows the plan, then there is a plan. And he says that he knows the future, which means you and I have a future. The way we're experiencing life today does not have to be the best it ever gets. The way you woke up this morning might have been really rough. And we get that. This is that place where it's really okay to not be okay. If nowhere else in your life will have people who say, you know what, fine. Be you the way you are today. Do it here. Do it now. Do it however you have to. Maybe you came in here today as the last resort. You think there's been a plan somewhere. There's got to have been. But you just don't see it. See, when you make the, the right choice, you get to this place where you see that God is in the hope and future business. That's what he does. He gives hope and he gives future. That's his nature. But I know that some of you are saying in your head right now, Bryce, that says God knows the plans he has for me. But it really needs to read, I know the plans he has for me. Right? I want a three by five card. Very clearly printed out in bold font the things I need to know, right? Why do I not have the three-by-five card that says that really hard things are coming or that I'm going to celebrate the birth of my first child on this date and that I'm going to have an anniversary on this date and I'm finally going to find that person on this date? Why don't I have those things? Because if he's really a master builder and he really knows the plan, and he really knows the future, then there's got to be a blueprint, and I want to see it. I want my copy. Right? We all want the copy. But here's what we know. If we knew the plan, we'd mess it up. See, if we're honest, if we knew the whole plan, we'd start to change God's plan 
to look more like our plan. Because we would see these moments that matter in our lives, and we'd start to change them away from the image of God to the image of Bryce. Or the image of McLean. Because we naturally see things we don't like, and we react. We don't plan. So, we'd see these moments that matter, and we'd start to change them to our image instead of his. He would hand us a perfect plan, and it would quickly go from beautiful to messy. And we see in Romans 8.28, it says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes. We've heard that before, right? Typically, we hear that in a low moment, right? Some happy Jesus person comes to you when you're feeling crappy and says, you know, all things work together for the good of those who love and serve the Lord and live according to his purposes. And that's got to mean you, right? And you're like, ah, <laughs> I don't want to hear that right now. I'm not feeling like all things work together for my good right now. I'm feeling like all things kind of stink. And I'm really at a loss. But again, here's what we know. God works. He works in everything. He works in our high moments and he works in our low moments. It doesn't mean that he's not working when things are hard. It doesn't mean that he's not working when we don't understand it. It doesn't mean that he's not working when we don't feel it. It just means that when bad stuff comes, there's an outcome that's acceptable and excitable to him. That may not be what we wanted, but that's what it says. See, that verse can be kind of annoying sometimes, especially when you're going through a slog of a situation and, you know, your business is failing. You're dealing with a medical diagnosis that came out of nowhere. Your family feels like it's splitting at the seams. But, it causes, but we know that God causes everything to work together for the good. Something is coming. Remember, God's in the hope and future business. See, we've got this God who's a builder and a caretaker. He's a planner. He's at work. And he's doing the heavy lifting. But in the midst of all of this, though, we wonder, okay, God, you're wanting to build my life. You know the plans, not me. You have the blueprint, not me. You're letting me know just enough to be encouraged and help me get through the rough places. You say you're working, but now what? Why am I so frustrated? Why does my house not look like the kind of house I want to pass down from generation to generation? Why does it look more like one of those houses Bryce drove past on Highway 26? Well, we're going to take a look at the words of Jesus. They read it out during the last song, but in the book of Matthew, chapter 7, many of you might have heard this at Vacation Bible School. You might have heard this as a song. You might have it somewhere in you. But I want to read it out over us, and it's really cool because the heading over Matthew 7, 24 and following is building on a solid foundation. It says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse.
because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rain and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. See, Jesus says in Matthew 7 that anyone who listens to him, his teachings, and actually follows those things is wise. They'll be like a man who builds his house on bedrock. See, massive challenges are coming in the form of rain, flooding, and wind. But the house, our life, is unshaken. The unwise person, or the one who doesn't listen, they have the same challenges. Their house just doesn't stand. Anyone, all of us experience the same challenges. It's just about where did we build our life? On what are we standing? You see, friends, whether we listen to the words of Jesus or not, things are coming. Because the human experience is hard. Any message that insinuates that following and listening to Jesus equals an absence of pain, challenge, or suffering is incorrect. And it's disingenuous. It's just not true. This is clear. Tough moments come into each of our stories. Those of us who show wisdom by listening and actually doing what Jesus says will see our houses stand. I'm living an example of it right now. I don't know if I'll get through it. patriarch of our family died on Thursday. My uncle, my father's older brother, died at the age of 81 after fighting leukemia. He's a lifelong follower of Jesus. He was the Jesus person. But he was also the children or the child of Jesus people. And they were children of Jesus' people. That would make me the beneficiary of four generations of Jesus' people. They've been laying a foundation on which I get to stand with you right now. Later this week, or actually later today, I'm flying to Indianapolis, Indiana help my father with his funeral and there will be generations of Jesus people celebrating the life of someone who sees him face to face right now we're going to be celebrating God's goodness even at the end of his life because he knew the plan he knew the blueprint teach me to know how to keep my house from falling even when I feel like crumbling see God's the master builder he wants to build life not death he has plans for hope and future he was working even when we want to quit he will build things that will stand when the storms come. All because he lays the foundation. Because we now know Matthew's gospel tells us that it is sure, it is steady, 
It can be trusted and it can be built upon. Some of us in the house have, or some of us in this house have built a home. I've never done that. I've never built my own house. I know there are people in the life of the church right now who are currently building homes. It takes a lot, right? It's exhausting to build a home. It takes so much planning and time. You've got to have ideas and dreams about it. Then you've got to organize them perfectly for you. And after that, you've got to find that perfect place and you select it. And even that perfect place might take work. And the land that's been great has to be graded or made ready for the foundation. The land might need to be cleared. It might be perfect for you, but there still might be places where there are obstacles and stumps and things that are in your way before there can be a solid foundation. The land might need to be cleared, even though the place is perfect. Then there's the digging, and then there's finally a pouring of a foundation. Nobody's getting out their phone and taking Instagram shots of, they're grading our spot. <laughs> no one's taking photos and, you know, doing Instagram videos and whatever of, look at them moving the stumps. Like, no one cares. <laughs> but it's real work, and it really matters. Because what we do want to take pictures of later can't happen unless the stuff gets rearranged and moved and pulled out. You guys, God has done so much of the work for us. He has been dreaming and planning about your life and mine. He wants to start building now. He's put you right where he wants you in this season, even if it feels like it's just challenge or stump to be removed after challenge or stump to be removed. You're in the spot he put you in for a reason, and it's all part of a process that's probably really uncomfortable. You're probably in a place that, that you go, you know what, I don't really want anything rearranged. I kind of like it where I put it. Thank you very much. I like my stuff right where I left it. But God comes in, and he goes, that's got to go over here, and this has got to be moved over here, and that, you're just not going to have that anymore, and we're going to punt that one over there and keep it as far from you as I can, because there's going to be relationships that have to be changed for that foundation to be steady. There's going to be addictions. There's going to be conversations. There's going to be things that have to happen in order for the foundation to be laid properly, because we know the storms are coming. If we didn't think the storms were coming, it wouldn't matter but we've all been through a few by now. And we're maybe grateful that God doesn't just do the work, he does it right. He says it's worth it. Even when you're getting impatient, even if you're going, I'm uncomfortable, I don't like this, I don't want this to go on anymore. He goes, I have to do it the right way. If I screw this up, your house is doing one of these. But we want it solid. We want it to be passed down from generation to generation. So sometimes things have to be removed. And whether you think it's taken too long or you feel like things aren't quite right, it's not happening by accident. The master knows what he's doing. It's also that foundation of faith can be laid in your life in a way that future, future generations will be encouraged by it. So we have to remember when it's taking too long that that work being done right really does matter. Take heart, my friends. If you came in today with questions, if you came in today feeling like your house was leaning, 
you felt like the things as you look at any area of your life just don't line up the way that you wanted them to. That our God is a planner. He wants you to know today that it gets better than the way you feel today. He does know the plan he has for you and for me. He will keep working. Even when things, he was going to work all things together for good, even when we want to quit. He knows the storms. And he's going to build it up to code so that your house will stand. Even when it's uncomfortable and we think it's taking too long. See, that applies to us individually. That applies to us corporately. And that applies to us as a church family. As I said a little bit ago, we're about to watch a new structure rise from the ground. And I'm going to promise you, as I'm talking about foundations, there's going to be moments where stuff we didn't expect happens. Stuff's going to get rearranged. We're going to come home from work and you're going to get an email or something and it says we stubbed our toe. This didn't go exactly according to plan because foundations have to be done right. And we covenant with you and we covenant with God that everything we do will be done right because we know that that piece of property is not just for us. It's surrounded by apartment buildings full of people who need to know that God is in the hope and future business that their little corner of the world might feel like it's leaning. It might feel like they used what they had and they're doing what they can and now they have to live with it. But we're coming. He's coming to bring hope and a future and a plan. Would you pray with me? Sweet, amazing, mighty master planner God thank you for not sharing with us everything we need to know and giving us a chance to mess it up Lord we know that very soon I mean soon and very soon things are going to change around here individually corporately familially and here is a church family Thank you so much for being bedrock, for being consistent, for being the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus, you are so good. You love us so much because you want to take care of us. Not only do you build, but you oversee, you protect, you guide, you lead, you bring hope and futures. Jesus, we submit to you today may not have been our best day, but we're going to believe together that tomorrow's going to be better. That that frustration of today, you've got that. That pain of today, it's yours. That thing we aren't going to expect as it's coming later today, but you're not going to be surprised about, we're going to hand that right back to you. Because you're our foundation. The things we want to build can only be built when, you, when we submit to your foundation. Jesus, go with us. Lead us. Teach us, guide us, and love us. And it's in your name that we get to pray all of these things because you are a master builder and you give us a hope and a future. Amen. Worthy of every song we could ever sing.
wonderful week and we will see you next time.